Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. We're into the second show of the week, the Thursday edition of the podcast. If you haven't had back uh, and listened already to the Tuesday show, covered a lot of good ground there in terms of Freds as he followed and our thoughts on some of the, the key signings over the last week. As always, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined by the co-owner of Rotoviz, it is Sean Siegel. Sean, it's going to be a, an interesting show today. I, I always love diving into dynasty startups and uh, seeing how the process is going there and i know you were involved with one uh, and it's currently ongoing at the moment with uh, yourself and sam wallace in a league set up by scott barrett so looking forward to diving into uh, the draft so far on today's show so i know a lot of the listeners are always very very interested in, in dynasty startup activities especially when yourself or, or sam are involved so uh, i'm pretty excited about today's show are you i am this has been an absolute blast i really appreciate scott inviting us to be involved in this as sort of a charity uh, league where the benefits are going to some animal animal rescue uh, charities. And obviously I, I support that. I have a, a 16, 17 year old cat who I was able to get from a shelter a long time ago. And, and she's been a big part of my life. And so that's something that is a little bit special to me, but from a fantasy perspective, I mean, this is this is what we live for, right? We get to do these super flex dynasty startups. Uh, one of the fun elements of this is that rookies are in the pool, and so even though the NFL draft hasn't happened yet, you've got to be willing to uh, have the guts to go in there and buy those rookies if you want them. We talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago. Curtis uh, Patrick had a cool article discussing the way that rookies really rise from the pre-NFL draft to the post-NFL draft period. So if you draft rookies uh, in this time period, you're likely to get that uh, early bump, the guys rising in value just right away. It's also something where I think that our Rotoviz tools and our Rotoviz discussion really helps people with this element. I've received some really cool compliments on the draft guide that we released, the first volume of which is out. The second two volumes will come out one once we get all of the athletic information from the various pro days that are going on the third volume going out after the NFL draft, but you've you read the first volume and read some of the analytics pieces from Travis and Dave and Blair, then, you know, you've got a big jump on the competition. And then obviously you have tools on the site, like the box score scout, the running back prospect lab, the wide receiver prospect lab, Matt Spencer, some really cool pieces on breakout age, wide receiver freak score, running back freak score. I just released earlier this week. And so when we look at all of that information and then we go back, we see these rookies, especially in Superflex with the quarterback options you have this year. Uh, it's a lot of fun, right? We have four quarterbacks who could go in the top 10 of the reality draft. We have two wide receivers in Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith who are competing to be the top guy there in a normal draft. Either one of them would be in contention to be the 101. We have two running backs in Travis Etienne and Najee Harris who in any given draft would be competing to be the 101 and then we have a tight end in Kyle Pitts who people 
just absolutely love think he could be a generational prospect at that position so when you're in these tight end premium formats again you have this competitor to be the overall 101 i think that all of those guys and when we look up what's happened uh, to Clyde Edwards Alaire so far we look at what's happened now with Josh Jacobs having to share uh, at least some of those touches with Kenyon Drake and basically we've got a full half round of value at least who would be above those guys heading into next season or perhaps not we'll see where Edwards Alaire goes in this draft but we have a startup that's always fun you have super flex that adds that extra dimension where it makes it a little bit more fair for all of the owners those qbs going throughout the first round and then with players like a christian mccaffrey sprinkled in so colin we're going to look at some strategy here we're going to look at the options that sam and i had and kind of go through the first four or five rounds with you here and just to give listeners some context as we start off the, the 101 was Patrick Mahomes, no surprise there. At number two, we get Kyler Murray. At number three, we have Josh Allen. At number four, we do have the running back jump in there in CMC. At number five, we have a little bit of a surprise, but uh, I think that readers and listeners will see Justin Herbert as maybe not that big of a reach. He has a huge projection according to the range of outcomes tool. Dave Cabin with a cool article on that. Number six, then we get Lamar Jackson, who's coming off of that disappointing season, but whom we expect to bounce back in a big way in this upcoming year. And then we have the sort of sad story here with Deshaun Watson being embroiled in all kinds of controversy he was the 107, the sixth QB off the board. Uh, even just a few days later, I'm kind of doubting that would be the case. But that brings us to the first pick that Sam and I had. And so we're sitting there at 108, and we're staring at Dak Prescott, or a trade down to the 202, where we would pick up a 2022 round two and be able to move from round 10 to round five in this draft. So sort of getting that extra round five. It's not that the round 10 player doesn't still have value. We discussed a lot of the free agent moves on Tuesday and where those players were now going in the new rankings update. And some of them were falling into that round 10 range. Still guys you would want to have. But getting the extra round five, I think especially in a startup here, is kind of exciting. Uh, Before we spoil it and tell what we did... I know that you like Prescott. I know that you want to get this quarterback foundation. What would be your preference here? We were in a a pretty good spot because Prescott, really the last of the elite QBs, if you're outside of this range and kind of locked out of it, then you're going to have to start your team in a very different way. And you're going to start it with a, a riskier way, not having this QB foundation piece do you like moving out here for this very nice package or is that still too much risk to lose the star quarterback? So I think um, when we look at it, you mentioned as well, watching it, you know, it's, it's, let's see what plays out there. But um, I'd be, if I was drafting now, it'd be very, very hard to, to confidently, you know, make those plays. But, you know, before those uh, allegations, I probably would have been taking him, you know, around the fourth spot where, where Herbert went, but we can understand why Herbert went there as well. Uh, Prescott, I think, is, you know, especially with the contract being signed, obviously we have the injury concern. It was pretty early last season. Let's hope um, all things will be back on track. But when we're looking long-term, I really like Prescott. It gives you the rushing ability, gets in the end zone. 
can throw the ball. There's really good talent at wide receivers. We'll talk about another one of them uh, who you had the opportunity to draft a little bit uh, later in the show. But there's a lot of pieces around Prescott that's very positive. Um, like when we look at the other quarterbacks and the question marks, I think I said the injury, I think there's less question marks around Prescott. So I think uh, very, very interesting there. But something that people don't tend to do enough, I think, you know, your average drafter in a startup um, is those trades, is those moves trying to get back. You mentioned, you know, you're, you're dropping back a, a couple of spots. You're also picking up that uh, second rounder next year and you're moving up five rounds uh, in this particular draft and when you're in a startup moving up those five rounds we talked like you mentioned on the this show previous this week you know that's kind of a range where you might get a kenny galladay you might get some of those guys going in that range where if you move up into that fifth round you can uh, start to get some of those younger kind of higher up tier players the other thing it allows you to do is having that extra fifth round pick if there's players in that two through four range that you really want to make that move for, it allows you to have that capital to do it. So when you when you're in the you know if you're in the the fourth round and you want to move up, you know that tenth round pick isn't making that move for you, but that extra fifth round pick can really uh, do it. And when you look then through the the overall draft, a lot of the time the more players you can get in those first kind of five rounds, that that pays off a lot of dividends as the season progresses and, and as years move on for those young players and how they hold their value so i would i i like in, in these startups to move back kind of as much as i can in those opening two rounds fill up those kind of three through six round picks and uh you know stock up then and you'll see some of the teams as we talk through this process sean that i actually really like how they're setting up at the moment have have made moves to get those extra picks in those first four rounds that we'll talk about today so i would i would have made this move as tempted as it would have been to to take prescott um there also is those additional options that are going to be going after him uh, and quarterbacks that I, that I do like as well. So, um, you know, you, you filter in the other rookie quarterbacks that are coming in this year, really strong class. Um, there's plenty of options at the quarterback position. So as much as I would like Prescott, it's, it's not a must get for me. So um, I would have been, I would have been happy to move back like he's did here. So when you did move back, I guess, Sean, for the listeners, uh, the big, the big tease we, we've dragged it out. Who was the the pick when you moved back then into that second round at, at spot two or two? Yeah. So Prescott goes at eighth. Joe Burrow goes ninth. I like that selection there. Once he's back and healthy, I think he continues to move up. I think we'll see him go even earlier next season. George Kittle, the pick at the one ten. Uh, in this format, the star tight end and one who has a few years uh, to give you there just has so much impact. The 11 is Jonathan Taylor. Amir has a great article out on the site today uh, talking about his rookie comps. We know what his comps were coming in. It looks like Taylor is going to be the next superstar running back. And then at the 112, Russell Wilson goes despite uh, all of the uh we'll say fisticuffs obviously it's it's uh, virtual not not physical there in terms of his issues with the seattle seahawks still a big talent and then at the 201 we have saquon barkley going off the board a running back who could rush for 1500 yards who could catch 100 passes uh will he be able to do that in the giants offense will he be able to stay healthy we don't know but if someone ever put up a 32-33 fantasy points per game season, it would probably be Saquon Barkley. So a very entertaining pick there. With the 202, we did take Trevor Lawrence. Travis May considers him to be a generational prospect. Almost everyone out there who tracks these 
quarterbacks coming into the NFL considers him to be a generational prospect, sort of the top guy, the biggest name to come out since an Andrew Luck, a sense of Peyton Manning. If he can live up to what they did, then everybody there, and especially the folks in Jacksonville, will be excited. I like the targets that he has with DJ Chart, Marvin Jones, and then LaVisca Chenault underneath to catch and run and hopefully catch and run a lot for him. It was interesting, Scott was sharing with me the other draft that he's doing right now within the same format, and Lawrence went off the board at the 103. And so I don't think that he's going to go off at the 103 very often, but it gives you a sense of, again, this potential that these rookies have to climb up the board very, very quickly. I do think he'll be in the middle of the first round next year unless he gets hurt unless something goes tragically wrong i don't think with his pedigree coming in that he even needs to have that great of a rookie season just something solid a little bit along the lines of what manning and luck did where they did have a lot of volume and when your team trusts you with a lot of volume as a rookie that tends to be a good sign even if you're somewhat inefficient both of those guys then took a an epic leap in year two and jumped to superstardom so Lawrence hopefully gives us that upside there. The other players we were considering, column Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Justin Jefferson, any of those guys interest you instead? We know the value of the quarterback. We know the value of getting sort of a young player as opposed to Cook and Kamara already being kind of on the edge of aging out in terms of dynasty startups and where you want to get them. But in terms of winning the first year, and winning the first year is this opportunity in dynasty leagues uh, that can be overlooked. In terms of winning in 2021, those would be pretty appealing choices. They certainly would be. Um, now, when, when we look at it, I think this was a pretty clear choice for me um, based on Lawrence still being there. If we had got to a situation where we were down to uh, you know Jefferson Kamara and Cook I think I still I, I would be going for Jefferson um, being the wide receiver but um, when you got to the spot you'd move back you have the extra picks that we talked about already um, and uh, Trevor Lawrence is on the board I think that's a really um, smart choice I think it's a, like for me it's almost an automatic choice that's the the easy pick there um, there's going to be a kind of a gap then um, for for quarterbacks in terms of tiers uh, in my opinion um, and that was the only quarterback that actually went off the board in the second round when we look back at the draft so i think it was a a really i don't know if you felt this way but for me it would have been a pick that was almost made for me the player made it it's one of those ones that you're you're kind of waiting to see if he slips through that final pick in front of you to see if you can get him on your roster you mentioned where he's gone in some other drafts probably a little too high but um it's very hard to imagine that it won't be a situation next year where he's in that you know joe burrow justin herbert kind of situation where they're they're going in the first round like you mentioned so i think based on value i think based on um, it being super flex and to have that foundation piece uh, i think that was a, a really smart pick hey rotoviz radio listener this is curtis patrick from the dynasty command center podcast and i've got a special deal for you today go to rotoviz.com click the subscribe button put the 12 month subscription in your cart and use promo code RV Radio 2021. That's RV Radio 2021. You're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. So, Sean, we're moving forward um, into the, the second round. 
Um, it's going to be an interesting uh, pick here. Here's kind of an area where there's a, a lot of interesting players. So you got Lawrence, um, but uh, let's help fill, fill me and the listeners in on the story of uh, the second pick that you had in round two. Yeah, so right after Lawrence, Dalvin Cook goes off the board at the 203. Justin Jefferson goes off at the 204 to Scott Barrett and Danny Kelly. The pick there that we really liked and, and you talked about being um, a potential option a little bit earlier. So then at the 205, we have potential choices of A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Stephon Diggs, Kamara, or a trade down to the 208, which would take that round five pick that we just acquired and move it up into round four. So if we make this move, suddenly we've got that round 10 pick from the beginning of the draft already moved up to round five now we can move it up to round four mentioning those four names there as potential options do any of them stand out to the point where you would have to have them instead of moving down here in terms of the names that are are mentioned um i think they all are like people are going to have their guys and they're going to want to have them on their roster but it's kind of like what I mentioned at the the two hundred eight. Um, I didn't feel Dak Prescott was, or sorry, the one hundred eight Dak Prescott was a must have. I thought there was still other options for quarterbacks going after that that we could have got. So when you look at this here, I think all those guys individually are fantastic players who I would like to have on my roster. But if we can move back basically a, a couple of spots, there's obviously one of those guys is going to still be there for us. Um, might be the guy we actually want to take at that spot so I like when I'm in a draft and you have the situation where you have three or four names and it's to drop back two or three places that you're all like all those guys can't be gone Um, so I I would be moving back if I had the option here Um, like when we look at the 205 AJ Brown stands out straight away to me as the the pick that I would like to have um, obviously we we know how much we like Stefan Diggs we know how much we like uh, CD Lamb so I, I think again sliding back though is the the option here to pick up that uh, extra move and it fits in exactly what I uh, mentioned earlier um, in terms of moving that pick that you, you got from the 10th round to the 5th now you've moved that with your draft capital up to the 4th and I've seen where this draft board's going and I can tell the listeners the 4th round is a thing of beauty with those two picks so uh we'll leave that as a teaser for later but sean i think the right move here was to to, to move back get the guy that i think uh i think is probably still the guy you probably would have been targeting here and then um having that extra pick in the fourth round so i think it was the right choice so we did move down and aj brown was the player that our trade partner was moving up for i think that's a i think that's a gutsy decision i think that's a good decision aj brown the, the first thing i did was was email him and and say uh, that i thought it was a great pick there that he made i mean just think of where aj brown would be going right now if he had not played last season injured for almost the entire year i mean he had a great year and he was hurt right so we could be talking about aj brown as a potential first round wide receiver almost a megatron type of player for the next decade so i understand the move up there i think that's a good pick brown goes dk metcalf goes Devonte adams goes so in that range we did lose three elite wide receiver options round two does tend to be packed with those wide receiver stars but at 208 we still have cd lamb available alvin Kamara is still sitting there available Diggs and tyreek hill are still available and so column with this pick we did go with cd lamb he is the young guy here he was off to a fantastic start in 2020 before Dak Prescott goes down I think the one concern that you have is that 
when you're also competing with Amari Cooper, when you're competing with Michael Gallup, when you have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard to siphon off those running back touches, when you have a couple of tight end options in Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz, you're looking at that and you're thinking, okay, well, this is a, a little bit early perhaps to take someone whose target share is just going to be capped in that low 20 range. Can he be efficient enough at that volume to justify this pick? But we're looking not just at the 2021 season where, you know, if we look at even what he did as a rookie, he was putting up the fantasy points that we would like from that kind of position. You know, can he maintain that efficiency? It'll be difficult, but interesting in this offense because the offense projects to be just so incredibly explosive. But when we look at 2022, 2023, Lamb is going to be a star for a long, long time. He was a star prospect coming in. He had that good rookie season to really solidify that. One of the things that we are able to do here is to take a very young wide receiver, but one who's already established at the NFL level. We don't have that risk of a true rookie like a Chase, like a Smith. Do we think those guys are going to be stars? We definitely do. But you know, you think of someone like a Corey Davis, you think of someone like a Nikhil Harry, perhaps they weren't quite at the level of prospect of these guys at the top of this year's draft. But it does remind us that there is some risk if you can take a second-year guy who, number one, is going to help you a little bit more quickly, and number two, doesn't have that risk, then I really like that type of play. Then we move down to round three. And obviously lots of good players going in the interim, but our options at the 305, this draft had third-round reversal, our options at the 305 are Travis Etienne, Justin Fields, uh, Diggs still is there, DeAndre Swift, Travis Kelsey, the star tight end falling a little bit in a startup due to his age, and then maybe a little bit more the guys we might be able to get later in T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, and DJ Moore. Now, the top-ranked guy on my board at this point is pretty easily Stefan Diggs, but I also have a lot of Diggs ownership. The next couple of guys are Higgins and Ayuk, but I'm hoping that we'll be able to get them a little bit later. Travis Etienne, an interesting play here. He's not the value on my board by the rankings, but I know that the running backs are going to be going in this range. We've seen uh, J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers even go in the last round in round two. DeAndre Swift has gone early in round three. And so if we wait till round four, we may lose the running back. And although we want to build around wide receivers, getting a little bit of exposure to the running backs is something we want to at least consider. ETN also someone that the ownership level for me is down a little bit. Now, I do have some shares through Devi formats, but we're just getting into this 2021 startup season rookie drafts haven't happened yet so we don't know how much ownership there's going to be and so just diversifying the overall portfolio gets to be a little bit interesting we went with etn here what do you think of this pick in relationship to positional value in relationship to some of these wide receivers we could have had instead i think in terms of how like i know now how the next round played out but i think at this point without knowing how the next round was going to play out i think my pick here would have been stefan diggs or justin fields in terms of one of those guys you could have paired up those two young quarterbacks to have you know set at the quarterback position for the next uh, foreseeable future um but the only problem there i guess is the i think lawrence is definitely going to start the season depending on the landing spot 
Justin Fields potentially might have to, to wait a little longer. So you're playing, you could be playing the, the long game there. I, I think in terms of Etienne, I think it's a it's a good pick here. But I, I think if I was drafting, I was live on the clock. I think I would have went with uh, Stephon Diggs. But seeing how it played out later, this is going to be a smarter move for your roster construction. Um, so there's a couple of things playing in there. But I think if I was on the clock, it would have been would have been Diggs would have been the pick I would have went with. And Diggs does slide a little bit further still. He goes up to 310, which based on my rankings and our rankings on the site makes him a fantastic value there. Again, he would have been uh, even more tempting <laughs> if the ownership... I think if you didn't have as much uh, Stefan Diggs as you have, I think uh, <laughs> I think you would have drafted Stefan Diggs there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then we, we move into round four. A couple of the quarterbacks went off the board in round three. Fields did go one's pick after where we were. Aaron Jones had gone with the first pick. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had gone with the first pick in that round. And now so we get to round four here. And Sam and I were really sweating this with these first couple of picks. DJ Moore was the 401. He was the guy we were considering. I think that's an interesting pick with Curtis Samuel moving on. If they can't upgrade the quarterback position there, DJ Moore should absolutely explode in 2021 and so i like that decision a couple of tight ends mark andrews goes at the 402 darren waller goes right after our selection but we were really thankful that a couple of running backs and these are good picks i mean these are not bad picks in any way shape or form but after we had gotten our running back in etn we were ecstatic to see Henry go at the 403, Chubb go at the 404. I mean, you think of those guys as first round picks in redraft. And so, you know, they're going to give you the hammer for 2021 and perhaps not age as well. But, you know, winning that first year counts just as much as winning all of the rest. But as a result, our guys did slide to the 405. And so we had T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Hurts as our considerations here. Column, you know what we chose, but what would you have done? Oh, I would have chose exactly what, <laughs> what you've chose here. Um, I think um, T. Higgins is a, a really smart pick here. I know how much uh, I know how much you like him, but I also know how much uh, Sam Wallace likes him. So I think you're probably uh, you know once that once those picks before it went in, I think you were probably clicking as fast as you could to, to get that submitted uh, and get it in. So I think it's. Uh, the players that you're looking at here in terms of Higgins and Ayuk, I think they're the ones I, I would be looking at as well. Hertz is interesting uh, based just on it being super flex, but there's still a lot of question marks around it. I know some people are, are very, very excited to see what happens, but there's there's some question marks and concerns still there. Just and I still wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles make some sort of move in the draft. So we'll just have to see. I think the, the safe option here is the Higgins uh, or Ayuk pick. Um, and um I'll, I'll spoil it here for the the listeners but uh the guys the guys actually got both um so i think you've you've done uh, extremely well to get those two two young pieces to pair them up with uh, lamb uh, and then have trevor lawrence and etienne as well so i think this roster is really starting to take take a nice shape here we were excited the the two picks in between our fifth pick and the eighth pick were very good selections in Darren Waller and then DeAndre Hopkins. You could definitely make an argument that with Hopkins still available uh, at the point that we took Higgins, that maybe you want him instead. He's going to be 29, but he could play for a while yet at a very, very high level. And if you have the option of Hopkins in that 17, 18, 19, 20 point per game range versus say a T Higgins in the 15, 16, 17 point per game range, I mean, you're giving up a handful of points 
that tend to be all the difference, right? Because you only have a limited number of guys in the starting lineup. Those extra points on a weekly basis are the difference between winning and losing. But Higgins here with Joe Burrow looks like he could be the star. He could be the Andre Hopkins for the next decade. So we went that route instead. And I think that the 49ers pick is even a little bit more controversial because you have a run-oriented offense. You have a lot of question marks at the quarterback position and you have a roster that when everybody's healthy which never seems to be the case for the 49ers then you have george kittle and debo samuel also in there perhaps taking away targets in an offense that may not have quite as many but one of the things i was talking with sam about and one of the things that i think goes back to this idea that the 49ers claimed and then they were able to approve it to an extent that they had Ayuk right there with Lamb as the two best prospects in this last draft. Justin Jefferson will have a lot to say about that as we go through the next decade. But Ayuk, a huge talent and a talent who actually scored quite a few more points per game than Lamb and Higgins, the two guys that we've already taken. And so to be able to put these three guys together, to get three of the best prospects from last year's draft, and to get three wide receivers who are young and who are going into the second season where history tells us a ton of those players take a big jump. I think to have this combination of youth and likely immediate impact is very exciting as we put together the foundation for this team. And so we look at the the five picks together through these first four rounds. The trade down allows us to have five instead of four. We have Lawrence at quarterback. We have ETN at running back. We have Lamb, Higgins, Ayuk at the wide receiver positions. In a lot of cases, to get that youth, you have to give up a lot of veteran talent. And there are some spots at which we passed on some guys who maybe have even more 20 to 21 upside in Diggs, Kelsey, Hopkins. But these are not big giveaways in terms of immediate scoring, especially with the expectation that we have for those second year wide receivers to take a jump. And so Colin, like you said, I'm pretty happy about the way this draft has played out to be able to get both youth, but youth in a combination that I think that we can be competitive right away in year one. Yeah, I think so. And I think you mentioned like, um, you know, there's sometimes you're going for the youth and it's like you're kind of projecting forward. But we've seen with Higgins, we've seen with Ayuk, we've seen them be able to deliver. We've seen it with Lamb last year. So there's not as many question marks as sometimes, um, you know, when you're making these moves in startups where you're really projecting forward to to hope that like we we have our, our stats, we have our analytics, but at the end of the day, we're still projecting that jump. And these guys are all they're basically already there without that jump and heading into the second year i think we're going to see those moves happen as well so uh, it's going to be very very interesting to see how this team finishes up sean as we continue and we're going to do some listener questions and uh, sticking on the dynasty uh, side of things jonathan buster asks in a, in a single qb 0.5 ppr league would you trade dk metcalf for the 1.2 and or the 102 and the 106 uh, he mentions that he's tempted because of the uncertainty around Wilson, and that was something that you kind of hinted at a little bit in the the the, the draft process there. But I still think that um, you know Russell Wilson is likely to be with the Seahawks, and we have a lot of concerns around the scheme and how they'll want to you know run the ball and all this here with with the Seahawks. But very very hard to to move away from Metcalf. But those those two early um, those two early or 
early to mid range first round picks uh, could could be quite tempting. Yeah, so looking at this and just looking at my rankings now, I have both Chase and ETN in the newest updates ahead of Metcalf. So there's a little bit more range there. I mean, they could be better than he is. They could be a lot worse than he is. You know, you're taking on more risk if you switch him out for them. But the fact that I have two guys ahead of him in the rankings makes it pretty easy for me to say, you know, go ahead and do the trade because you're also getting the one 106. And at that point, you're going to get another guy who, for me, has a top five startup round value. And, you know, th- those are the guys that you want to cherish like gold. So I think this is a pretty straightforward trade. It's not one that couldn't backfire because, again, with risks, with rookies, we have the risks and we want to be aware of the risks. But, you know, I like this class a lot, especially the talent at the very top and those top couple of picks. I think that you're going to get a guy that you like. You know, ETN, I have ahead of Metcalf, but for, you know, plenty of dynasty owners, you know, they have Harris or Smith ahead of ETN. So you've got at least four guys up there. And then, you know, like we talked about in this draft that we're just doing, we didn't mention the actual spot, but Kyle Pitts went uh, in the third round of the startup. And again, that's with Superflex. So keep, you know, think in terms of, you know, where he'll be going. A lot of owners are going to have Pitts also in a range that is at or above Metcalf. And so you're really just looking for one more guy than at the 106 that you really like to make it a pure no-brainer. And depending on your format, this is a half PPR, so you might have Javante Williams as the next guy there. You might have Rondell Moore, Waddle. You might have Rashad Bateman, depending on, I'm assuming that this draft probably will take place after the NFL draft, so you'll have a chance to see where Bateman and Moore go. You may really like their landing spots and move them up. So this is a trade I would do in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think it uh, it's very tempting. You mentioned, or sorry, Wilson was part of it as well. You know, there's a lot of wide receivers. We could say, well, quarterback. They might be quarterback proof, but Wilson being one of the better deep ball throwers that I've ever seen, and then we have uh, DK Metcalf, who's really uh, succeeding off a lot of those targets. Um, if Wilson was to go, I would I would have concerns around how successful then Metcalf would be moving forward. But as I mentioned, I think the Seahawks would be. Uh, kind of crazy to to move on from Wilson or to to entertain a trade so we'll see what happens there but um, I still think that that is a a trade that I'd be willing to do Sean the next question is a a recommendation but first question up is it's related to uh, a tv program that is anime something that I haven't uh, watched really at all hold my hands up Um, you know it seems to me like something that people either really love and are into or that people don't really understand and don't watch I'm probably I, I might be it might be my ignorance, but I'm probably in that second category at the current moment in time. But we have a recommendation, so I might have to dive into it. But is is it a, a genre, Sean, that uh, that you enjoy? It's not something that I have as much familiarity with. I've tried a few things and not found them to be compelling in exactly the way that I like. But that could just be a lack of exposure to the ones that are really good. And so we'll have to give this a try. I looking for new things to watch the perusal of a variety of shows uh, following the conclusion of reprisal uh, just give a glowing recommendation to reprisal last week and had a few people reach out and say they've started watching it and have been enjoying that but in the interim i haven't found something that i liked nearly to that extent or really liked at all so we'll have to give uh, this recommendation a try and maybe get into the just sort of the world of anime a little bit more 
Yeah, and I think that is, uh, it almost for me is like a different uh, world maybe. And, and I, I know lots of people who like just absolutely love and adore it. So uh, I think, um, like you mentioned, it might just be the, the lack of exposure. Uh, it is Hunter by Hunter. It could be Hunter X Hunter, but I would imagine the X is for by. But um, in terms of it, uh, overall, the recommendation coming in, he says the first chunk of episodes uh, can be hard to connect with depending on your tastes and uh, that he would probably skip if you're not a fan of anime but if you are, that it's uh, you know well conceived and brilliantly constructed. So it is kind of that. Maybe it's uh, not one Sean um, for your your starter dive into it, but he does call the series a masterpiece. So I, I think it's something that I'm going to to try and get into uh, a little bit more. Also mentions that uh, the ideas in the series rival any of the greatest sci-fi or fantasy concepts that he's read. So I know that's an area that uh, there's some interest for you as well. So. Um, I think I'm going to have to take the leap and uh, and, and try and give a few episodes a go. Um, but as I mentioned, I uh, can't, can't really comment out to that. My recommendation this week uh, is going to be a little bit biased. It's going to be for the Rotoviz flagship podcast. Um, Matt Freeman and Dave Cabin have been hosting it o- over the last number of years. Um, they'll be having a little bit of a shuffle and uh, it's going to be Dave Cabin joined by our good buddy Curtis Patrick. We, we plug both of a lot of their uh, content on the site on the podcast here for road of his overtime but they're going to be going and this is uh they they've come out and said it not me uh they're going for three shows a week um which is going to be is going to be awesome to get those guys three shows a week and we'll obviously have curtis with the dynasty command center as well and you'll be getting uh, road of his overtime so that the feed will be flowing uh with great content uh, great podcast content and some exciting stuff uh, been planned behind the scenes as well as we go through this uh, off season and through the draft season and into the 2021 NFL season. So really, really excited to see what the guys do. Excited to start tuning into those episodes as they come out. And uh, I would recommend you do as well. It will not be uh, something you regret. As always, as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a one-year road of his NFL subscription by applying the code RV Radio 2021 at checkout or by going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. Drop us a written interview on your favorite podcast app. It literally takes, you know, if you're only giving it five stars, which we hope you are, maybe 15 seconds. If you're dropping us a review, which we would greatly appreciate as well, it might take you a minute to two minutes. And it is something that means a lot to us and helps us with the podcast rankings as well. So, much much appreciated if you can drop us a written and review that's going to do it for today's edition of the show if you didn't listen to tuesday's episode head on back and have a check off it now talked about the free agency fallout over the last couple of days my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland as always my co-host is sean siegel check out sean's great work including the great piece uh, we kind of talked through today with the draft you'll be able to see how that draft progresses uh, up on the site i'm sure in the, the coming days or weeks and uh, check that out up on rotaviz.com until we're back next week with another two shows have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on rotaviz radio please rate and review the rotaviz radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at rotavizradio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at rotaviz radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to rotaviz with a discount through the rotaviz radio homepage rotaviz.com forward slash podcast